Welcome to the Not Your Normal Social-Emotional Learning Podcast. My name is Nene White. This episode, I have the happy honor of interviewing Sheila Marshall, who has taught all grades K-8 through throughout her 10-plus years teaching career, with a break somewhere in the middle of those years to raise her four young children. She's been back in the classroom for the last few years with first and second graders at a Catholic school in Canada. Sheila and I met through an early childhood educators group on Facebook. I had posted an article that I thought other teachers would appreciate, and many did and many commented on the article. But Sheila's comments were so positive, so creative, and so inspiring that I had to reach out and invite her to share more of her insights. And very happily, she did accept my invitation. Just briefly, the article, which appeared in the April 8, 2019 issue of Education Week, was titled, Four Things Teachers Should Not Be Asking Their Students to Do. And those four things were that they had to remain silent, that they have to sit still, that they absolutely must apologize, and that there will be zero tolerance for children's mistakes and forgetfulness. I hope you enjoy Sheila's perspective and how she addresses those and a variety of other challenges in ways that help her young students grow as engaged, cooperative, empathetic, considerate, and mutually respectful learners. Sheila, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining this podcast to share your positive experiences and help all teachers uh, just have a little bit more fun and uh, success with their kids. And I have several questions for you. The first one is about walking silently in the hallways, big groups of kids doing that. And we know that um, that has to happen, but it's some, it makes some teachers very, very crabby and frustrated especially new teachers, and uh, you have a wonderful way of, of uh, making that happen where everybody's still smiling. And would you please share that with us? For sure. Okay. Um, one of the things I like to do with my students is, um, first of all, we look around the hallway and see who we share the hallway with um, so that if we're going by the preschool room, we've already had a little peek in there and we kind of see what's going on in there so that we just kind of foster a little bit of compassion for the kids to know that these are our neighbors and we don't want to disturb them. Mm -hmm. Or we go by the office sometime when we um, see the secretary on the phone, say, well, she's, she's on the phone. So we have to be quiet. We're not going to disturb her. And we see the other classroom so that when we are going from one place to the other, the kids know why um, they need to be quiet. And I just talk about it in terms of like our friends are working. So we don't want to disturb them the same as if somebody came by the uh, classroom when we were doing our work we wouldn't want to be disturbed so they kind of have a reason of why we're being quiet in the hallway mm-hmm. um, and then also um, sometimes we like to play hall ninjas so we try to get from one place to the other quietly uh, without anybody knowing that we're there oh. and so they uh, yeah they do all sorts of little actions it's not the uh, one behind the other lineup because sometimes they're pretending and right into it but we get from a to b without (laughs) a lot of noise and sometimes we do sneak by the office without anybody knowing we're coming so um we uh have a little success (laughs) (laughs) and uh one of the other things i like to do is um there's some kids in my class and you know classes i've had in the past that um students want to come up and hold your hand because they're anxious so they're worried and 
Uh, we're going from one place to the other. And as soon as they come stand by you, then they want to have a conversation. So um, we do a thing, we call it a secret handshake, but um, everybody knows about it. Um, and we just do like a little three squeezes, which means I'm your friend, or I love you, I care about you, uh. just to let them know that I'm thinking of them. So as we're walking down the hallway, we'll just do a little squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. And uh, that kind of just lets them know that I'm there, I'm thinking about them. Um, but then we don't have to have a conversation. Um, and then it's really sweet when I see kids doing that for each other. Oh. So we, we line up outside before we come in. And every once in a while, there's a child who's missing their parent already. And um, somebody else from the class will come and stand next to them, give them a little handhold, and they see them doing a little squeeze, squeeze, squeeze for each other. So it just kind of keeps that message going. <laughs> and it's all so quiet. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, tell me the grade that you teach. Um, I'm teaching grade uh, one, two. One, two. Okay. Wonderful. And um, let's see. So, and are there, are they pretty well a mix or no, that's impossible to ask for it. So you must have a range of, uh, of learning styles and personalities and. Yep. We've got all, yeah, all the way with, with special needs students, the ability level um, is anywhere from preschool up to, you know, students that are, are, you know, confident readers reading about grade three level. Wow. So you'll get that in most classes, you know, yeah, a, a yeah, couple yeah. years under, a couple years over, just depending on, on what the abilities are and what their needs are. And what they're bringing from home and from their, you know, yep. 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 And, but they all respond to these. Okay, great. So the next question I have for you is uh, another totally unnatural, but too often mandated requirement for young students is that and that's that they sit still or sit, I'm sorry, sit still or stay in place during each lesson. You must have a solution for that. That's happy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In, in my classroom, and probably many other classrooms as well, I have a little thing that we say and says everybody um, gets what they need. It might not be the same um, for everyone in the class, but each child um, can do what works for them. And um, also, if it's if they're using something in their hand as a fidget, or they're doing an action that helps them, um, if it helps them, then we'll keep doing it. And if it stops being effective, then we're just not going to do it anymore. And we just mm-hmm. keep it very positive, and we just switch activities um, in a positive way. So sometimes we do like a go noodle action break or a dance party, action song, finger plays. Um, sometimes uh, students will just want to stand up. So in the carpet area, when we're all meeting, they just stand up and they move to the edge of the carpet and then they're standing on kind of the outer edge so that they're not blocking anybody. Um, mm-hmm. I do allow students to stand up at their desk if they want to. And they just uh, tuck their chair in and stand at their desk. And as long as they're not blocking someone from seeing the board or um, seeing a demonstration, then um, they're welcome to do that. Just because sitting still is, is sometimes hard. Um, mm-hmm. We have a few things like little spinners or steppers or weights um, that students can go to at different places in the room um, if they need to have kind of like an action break, especially while I'm talking and giving instructions. They can just be standing and facing me and getting those instructions. And how often do you see kids using those? And is there a specific kind of kid or is across the board? Um, there's, it's the kind of thing that I would introduce to everyone and just say, if you need it, then we'll use it. Um, and then there are some students that I will 
you know, make a request to them, why don't you go use this while I'm giving you the instruction? Huh. And sometimes there's, they are the students that need some help with regulating. So they won't necessarily know that they need it until sure. you point it out. And sure. sometimes, you know, they'll be like, oh, no, I'm, I'm okay. I was like, no, just go try it for a couple minutes and then come back. <laughs> and, and they usually will stick at it for a while because it is something that they need, but they don't realize that they need it. So, sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's beautiful. So there's another subject that uh, I have a huge uh, emotional reaction to, and that's forced apologies. And so I think apologies, of course, we all know that they're, they have definite value to heal a relationship or a, an interaction, mm -hmm. but the forced part is just an awful. So what, what's your approach to that whole topic? Um. I mean, it's, it's true. There are times when, you know, you bump into somebody and it's just, it, it's just a common courtesy thing. Like, Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Did I hurt you? Are you okay? Sure. That kind of a thing. Um, it's not that difficult to deal with, but sure. when emotions are running high and kids are upset and like, you know, blaming each other, he did this or she mm -hmm. did that. <laughs> that's not, you're not going to get very far by saying now you have to say, sorry, like mm -hmm. they're not. Sorry, so don't make them um, say something that's not true. Otherwise, like, are we just encouraging kids to lie to each other so they can move on? Like, it doesn't make sense. Right. So um, sometimes what I found is um, the best way is to just say to the other person how you feel, because that kind of just stops the argument. You can't argue. You don't feel that way. Mm -hmm. Like, I, that's how I feel. You can't tell me I don't feel like that. Mm -hmm. So like, how do you feel about what just happened? And usually it comes down to you know, even if it's somebody budging in front of somebody else in the lineup, which makes me crazy. Um, it's how does that make you feel? Then tell them how that made you feel. And if the children will hear each other of how that person is feeling, they don't really want to bother each other. Um, you'll get the odd kid that's entertaining for them. Mm -hmm. But in general, it's they, they want connections, they want to be friends with each other. And so if they can hear what the other person's saying of, you know, I, you hurt my feelings when you said that, or, you know, I don't always want you to be in front of me because I'm important too. If they can share how they're feeling, then let next time they'll be less likely, hopefully to um, do something that will bother that person because they've already heard how their friends feel. And we talk about each other. We're all friends in the classroom and um, uh, they want to get along with each other and, keep those connections with each other of course sometimes if the emotions are running really high and they just you know you know you're not going to get anywhere with trying to have a conversation uh -huh. to have kids sit separately and just write down I mean this is only grade one or two that I'm dealing with but with uh -huh. older kids and you know be a little more um write a little bit more but even then draw a picture or something mm -hmm. how are you feeling draw a picture or what would you like to say to your friend because they're not understanding you right now or there's been some kind of break in their relationship that they're frustrated with each other and sometimes they'll just you know draw a picture of the two of them playing with hearts or whatever and it's like that's what we want and they both come together and they both have pictures of them you know they just they want to be friends they want to be um connecting with each other but um just something got in the way that they need some help working through that is so beautiful that just so really creates the ownership for the kids and it also acknowledges feelings and it, it makes feelings a, a part of that whole thing it, up front and center. Yeah. I, it's beautiful, Sheila, beautiful. 
And sometimes I ask them at the end, could you shake hands? Because mm-hmm. that's, that is like a physical act of apologizing, really, because if they've gotten to the point where they can touch each other and shake each other's hands, then you know that they don't necessarily have to say the formal apology that they reached out to each other. And that connection is now back on. Ah, I really like that. Uh, I've seen some teachers have kids hug and that's, that's almost a little bit going over a line that, um, asks a little bit too much of a stretch of what you're emotionally capable of at that point. So I like mm-hmm. this handshaking. It's, and it shows there's something about the dimension of respect that I, I think does not get mentioned or brought up enough where respect, I mean, we all want to be loved. We all want to belong. We all want to feel respected, just who we mm-hmm. are, how we see the world, how we feel the world. And you're, you're yeah. giving that to kids. That's very it's very enriching and, and powerful for them for their whole life because it's validating what they feel. Oh, I love it. I love it, Sheila. <laughs> <laughs> so, one more question I have for you. Um, that article okay. that we both the article that we both read referred to some teachers who have a zero tolerance for kids' forgetfulness, and that strikes me as pretty harsh. Um, what is your take on that ever so common fact of life in the early childhood classroom? Well, I like to think that whatever I'm extending to the children, they're going to extend back to me. And um, I'm not above that. I forget stuff all the time. Um, I do like a shape of the day on the board. And, um, you know, quite often the kids will say, oh, don't forget, you need to do this. We need to do that. Mm. And something, you know, I've changed the order and I know what's happening next, but um, it looks like I've forgotten something or literally I have forgotten something. Um, it says, you know, little star on the board, it's my turn for supervision. They're like, oh, we got to get out early because it's your turn to be out. So we kind of work together on it. And and the word that I like, I like to use is grace. Like we all make mistakes. Mm-hmm. So if we can be kind and not correct someone um, else and point out their fault in front of everybody um, as a way to like, you know, make yourself feel better or to, you know, make a point of correcting somebody mm-hmm. in front of everybody but just have a, that teachable attitude. I model that for my students too, mm. that, you know, I'm going to make mistakes. Um, there's going to be times that, you know, I don't do it right. Or I, I, you know, write something down and they're like, no, it's, that's not quite right. Um, then we can fix it. And it doesn't have to be a big crisis every time there's a mistake. Um, Cause kids, I think sometimes have so much pressure on themselves. They want to get every question right on their spelling test and they want to, you know, if they have to do any corrections, it's, it's like a trauma to them because, oh, I didn't get them all right. It's going to happen. It's that's part of learning is making mistakes. And um, I worked with somebody before that was an amazing mentor to me that they would just say, oh, good job, you got something wrong. <laughs> I was like, what? Like, that's an opportunity to learn. If you got everything right all the time, you're not learning. Right. You're learning when you're making mistakes and how you handle fixing those mistakes is like a character builder. And it, um, if I can model that for my students that, oh, this is an opportunity to learn. I'm not going to be an expert at everything. They know that as soon as I start drawing on the board with stick people, not my (laughs) gift to the classroom. So it's my challenge. Please draw something a little better than me because uh, that's not what I bring to the table here. pretty good, eh? Sheila is pure gold, and I'm looking forward to learning more from her in future interviews. 
I hope you'll share this episode with teachers you know who might be struggling with the challenges we discussed in this episode. And if you have other challenges you'd like us to discuss in this podcast, or if you'd like to recommend an inspiring teacher that you think we should interview on this podcast, please let us know. You can email us at ask at kidsownwisdom.com. Meantime, the world needs you and your good influence on your young students more than ever. Thank you.